Welcome back to the Policy Viz Podcast. I'm your host, John Schwabish. On this week's episode, I'm trying really not to laugh because my guest and I have already been having a good time just chatting about, well, many things. So uh, I'm excited to have Stephanie Lewis on the show, who is here to talk about design, presentations, PowerPoint, all the good stuff, why design is not about pretty colors and pretty fonts. So we're just going to get right into it. So Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thanks, John. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> just, just causing trouble right off the bat. Huh? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Unfair. I'm going to take all the goodies I gave you. I want those pens back. Nope. <laughs> um, so we're at Urban. Thanks for coming in. You just yeah. gave a, a nice talk to our team here. Uh, we have a little group on presentations. Um, some interesting questions that yes. I think we're going to get into. Yes, there were some good ones. There were good ones, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and they almost made you cry a little bit because we have a special email address that yes. if you need if you need something, you just email this magical email address, and suddenly images show up at your doorstep. Yeah, I'm tempted to email it now. Now that I've heard it several times over again. <laughs> and see what if happens. I ever get stuck just to see what just happens. Just see what happens. And maybe yeah. they won't notice. Maybe the people who run it won't notice that you're not at Urban and they'll just start sending right? you like really cool stuff. That would be amazing. That's a good idea. Even if they just sent me ideas. Right? That's right? that's You should try this. <laughs> that's genius. God. Um so why don't we start by having you introduce yourself for people? Okay. And then let's talk about PowerPoint and design and slides. Okay. Okay. Well, you introduced me as Stephanie, which um, in the presentation community, everybody knows me as Steffi. So they might be a little weirded out and not actually know who I am. So I'm Steffi. Yep. Also known as Stephanie. Um, But yeah, I started out a long time ago. I was a chemist and then I was a designer. Right. And then someone forced me into presentation design and I didn't like it. Um, I was not a happy camper. And now I love it. Right. And it's all I ever want to do. So now I've been doing it for quite some time now, and and I help make other people love it as well. It's yeah. really hard to do. Is it hard to get them to love how to like make good slides or get it's, them to love like the whole process? It's getting them to appreciate PowerPoint and not hear that word and run away. Yeah. Like, no. oh, more bullet points. God. Yeah. Why? <laughs> like, that's not fair, right? To power, mm-hmm. to the tool, right? Because it's, really it's just not. a tool. Because, you know, those developers, they work pretty damn hard. They work pretty hard, really cool. right? Um, and it can do so many cool things. Yeah. There's so much you can do with it. And it's, you know, a lot of people lose their eye for design when they open the tool, which is really sad. Yeah. And it's really funny because I find now that when I open InDesign, which used to be my favorite, right. I stall and I'm like, my <laughs> eye for design, here. don't lose your eye for design stuff just because you have to work in InDesign. <laughs> <laughs> so when people come in and they're crying that they have to use PowerPoint, do you have a, a line that you try to soften the blow that you're going to be using PowerPoint? Well, first I try to keep my eyes from rolling uh, <laughs> too hard, um, but... I, I recognize, well, the first thing I say to them is, I get it, I was you, right? because I really didn't want to do it. But um, I'm also a web designer. I do a lot of interactive things, and the nice thing I like about PowerPoint is that it can make things do things. Like, right. I can present data. I can make an idea come to life in a presentation in ways that I can't do on, in print. Yeah. You know? So... When I am able to communicate why I like it so much 
and this is what you can do with it, where you can't do it here. Um, sometimes the wall cracks just a little bit, and right. they're like, uh, okay, I'll I'll watch and see what happens, right. you know, or I might open it and not hate it. Just, we'll see. <laughs> as much. You know, yeah, right. as much. And then you're also, I mean, definitely in the meeting we just had, you're also trying to knock down some of the walls of, everyone is a designer in some respects. Yeah. Not all professional designers, which mm-hmm. is the line, right? There's there's right. A, there's a spot, but so maybe you could talk about just like a couple of the bigger points that you hit in the in the meeting today. Like, what are the major things that you want people to take into account when they're making slides? Right. Well, yeah, everybody is a designer, whether you know it or not, because design isn't isn't just about making it pretty. It's about making that piece of community that that concept or idea. It's about Finding how to connect that concept in your head to the audience's brain and get yeah. them to just really, truly understand it, e- even if it's just wanting them to understand it or take it another level and get them to have some kind of emotional response to it. So whenever you open up something in PowerPoint that you're going to be presenting, you're a designer because you have to think in ways that you wouldn't normally have to think, right? Right. Uh, so... You know, when you're communicating, you have to be clear and concise, and the same happens in visual communication. So even if you're not a professional designer, just remember to make your slides as clean as you can. Make them, even if there's a lot of content and you don't know how to get rid of it or you're not allowed to get rid of it or what have you, just make it clean. Align Mm -hmm. things, give a little breathing space around it, and it's going to look a lot. You also do web development, so it's the same or web design, so it's the same approach, right? Oh, it's yeah. not it's not like packing the whole screen with like the dancing baby and all the and all the and all the, <laughs> all the bells, right? yeah, all the gifts, the right? Sounds and everything, yeah. And it's really funny because there's a lot of connection between user experience design, which goes into web design right. and user interface design. There are a lot of parallels there and in presentation design because there are a lot of the same goals. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to make it clear and obvious and it's just all about the user experience that presentations are arguably some of the most intimate user experiences you're going to have because you're standing right there and you're watching them you're you're the website you're the one giving the information you can see them react right um so it's it's user experience on both ends. So right. Let's just make it the best but they way. can yell at you when you're. standing. They can yell at you when you're standing there. They can <laughs> or they could fall asleep, right? Yeah, yeah. Or they could pull out their phones. You know, right. They could pull out their phones. Yeah. You see Twitter later, and like, oh, what's? <laughs> 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 like, oh, no. Yeah. Although sometimes, so this is the other thing, right? Sometimes they're on their phone for good reasons. Like mm-hmm. sometimes they're tweeting your. You know, they're quoting you on Twitter, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. It's a good thing, but the look in their eye right before they pull out their phone yeah. is completely different. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> you see the light bulb go off and their eyes get bigger. Right. Or, or they're, they're just, just little check. boring, tired slits. I'm going to check okay. Twitter. Yeah. yeah. So one of the questions you got in our little meeting before was, how do I take all the things you just taught me and how do I do it quickly? How do you do it quickly? Well, as providing you have that stuff ingrained in your head and you know what you should do, right. that's going to help a lot right there. Yeah. Practice is going to help a lot. Yep. Right? Repetitive, doing it over and over. Um, you know, doing it quickly, it depends on so many factors and how quickly you have it and how well you know the content and what you know is supposed to be delivered. So, you know, you can just do quick cleanup. Right. You can, you can structure it cleanly and put some breathing room in. And that can take 30 seconds. Yeah. You know, that's... That's, but you can't expect 
high level design yeah, or, yeah, or right, anything in 30, 30 seconds. seconds right. right. But you did talk about one of the things you did talk about, there's sort of like the overarching design themes or, or goals. And then there's sort of like this polished part where you mm-hmm. did, you showed a couple of makeovers of like, yeah. you know, there's just like these little things that you do that you, you know, you made these, these big mm-hmm. differences. The frustration I have with this, like, how do I do it quickly is like, well, I didn't ask you to write the report quickly. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm sure you run into this all the time. Of all like, the time. I need to do a talk. I need it. I need the slides done in 10 minutes. How do you approach that with colleagues or clients? Like, how do you get them to recognize that? Like, a good presentation takes time to mm-hmm. pull together. You just leave by example. It, yeah. And it's frustrating at times because there's always going to be those first initial instances when they first come to you and say, yeah, I need this and I, I need to do it quickly. And there's no no example. There was no meeting beforehand. There's just like, you just have to be clear. Mm-hmm. Hey, I understand what you need and I feel your pain and this is what I can do. Yeah. If you want me to do this for future reference, this is what has to happen. Right, right, right. Right. So if, just inform them, give them the information that they need, and then you've done your job. Right. Uh, and then you, you can only work with what you have. So you do your best in that moment and then try to push them to bring you in earlier. Yeah. In the future, you know, a nice kickoff. Hey, I know I have to give this talk in a month and I haven't written it yet, but let's yeah. sit down so you know what's coming. Yeah. You know, the, the other thing I wanted to ask you about was um, designing for someone else mm-hmm. to give the talk. But how do you do that? Like, if you don't know the speaker's style, yeah. or are they comfortable with just using the notes pane, or like, mm-hmm. so how do you? It's always a challenge because I used to have this one event every year, and after a year, after at least one year, probably after two we started getting our kickoffs for this like ahead of time. And then finally I got them to have kickoffs when they were forming their ideas as opposed to after they have their ideas. Mm-hmm. So the trick is to getting that presentation designed so that it's going to connect with your audience is to sit with the presenter and learn their story and how they're hashing it out. And it really helps when you hear them not only tell you what the talk is about, but if you can have a working session with them um, very early on, yeah, uh, you can see them, okay, well, this will work. Oh, but this isn't what I'm exactly trying to say. Uh, oh, wait, let's reform this. So if you can get in with the presenter, and yeah. it, that's not always possible. Right. Or the captain or someone who is familiar with what's going to happen. Um, it's just about a lot of communication. So much right. talking has to happen. And a lot of the presentations I've designed for other people to give, mm-hmm. I have known zero about the subject matter. Right. Right? Right. So I get these... Very detailed, high-level retirement plan, asset allocation, all this blah, blah, blah. I worked for for 10 years, still didn't understand it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And they're giving detailed presentations that have to really hit the mark and and make sense. But I'll tell you, nothing makes you learn a subject matter more than sitting with the presenter and then going through it and having to design the presentation to connect with the audience. Because they have to explain it to you. Yeah, they have to explain it to me. And if I can understand it, then then you know they're doing a great job. Right. And I've worked with speakers who are really good at it, and and it goes really fast. And there are some that just drone on, and you just laser focus. They're talking (laughs) at you across the table. And I just remember this one meeting, and it was a senior executive. I'm sitting there, and he has this data-heavy slide deck and sits it in front of me, and he's like, okay, I'm going to talk you through it. Right. And he talked me through the whole thing, and there was so much vernacular in there that I was not familiar with, and so many acronyms, of course, that I yeah. didn't know. And he's going, and I'm literally not blinking for an hour, <laughs> staring at him like, oh, I was so exhausted. You think you would? You think you would? <laughs> someone would recognize? 
So when you have these kickoff meetings, is part are part of your so there's the content side, mm-hmm. and obviously when you're talking about the content, like your wheels are probably turning of like what's the right design for mm-hmm. this. Do you also? I assume you also talk to them about like what's their style. Mm-hmm. Well, to get their style, I I observe them a lot because mm-hmm. when they talk me through it, their style is just right there. Whether they know it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had some some presenters who were just like, they are so fluid, nothing would phase them. They could have a car crash in front of them, and they would be able to keep going with their talk and not lose a beat and explain it so clearly. I love them. And there were some who were just so technical, and you know that in their past life they were a researcher, and they just lived in numbers. Yeah. So you kind of learn their style as you work with them. Right. And it's kind of like this subconscious thing you soak up. Right. Um. The longer I have been a presentation designer, um, the more I think about how to help them reword their content, even if I'm just learning it for, mm-hmm. for that time. So, you know, for a long time, I was just design. And then as I've gotten more proficient at it and worked at it longer, a bigger chunk of that has been, okay, I see what you're doing here. Can we just throw all that out and do this? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it works. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And sometimes not so much. And sometimes it's like it's not the battle you're going to win. So yeah. Just don't fight it. Right. <laughs> right. Just give them what they want mm-hmm. and try to make it the best you can. Yeah. yeah. So you're a PowerPoint. I love PowerPoint. You're, yeah, a, a PowerPoint lover. I am. Not a fighter. Not exactly. A I adore PowerPoint. Um, is there something about PowerPoint that you think sets it off from the multitude of other tools these days? I do. Um, the right lately at which they've been adding new features. Now, granted, you're in a corporate environment, you're not going to see those features for maybe a very long time. Right. They seem to be recognizing the limitations of PowerPoint and the problems Mm -hmm. they've had in the past and are rectifying that and adding things. And they see what their competition has been doing, and they're like, well, okay, let's put that in there because it seems to make sense. So they've got a little bit of Prezi stuff in there. They've got a little bit of the stuff from Keynote, you know, Morph and Zoom and all that stuff came from their competitors. Yeah. Um, just because it is the and it's the industry standard because it's been on so many computers right. for so long. So, yeah. You know, if I get asked to do something at Prezi, there's the internet limitation. You know, you go present. There's there's no internet connection. You're you're kind of screwed. Right. Um, Keynote. I mean, it's pretty and all, but they don't update often. Yeah. When they do, they don't have lately. They haven't had any useful updates. Right. Right. There was a big update where they screwed a lot up. Yeah. So, I mean, I... Which is I, surprising to me. They sort of, yeah. like, seem to have, like, just dropped. Yeah. I feel like Support. they gave up. Yeah. Prior to, to the 2016 release, and I want to talk about that in a second, but, well, maybe 2013 release, what were, like, the two biggest things about PowerPoint that drove you crazy? <laughs> oh, God. And maybe they well, still okay. do. Maybe they still do, but... The, well, because I worked with charts so yeah. much yeah. all the time, it's, that was, like, I lived and breathed data and yeah. charts. The thing that made me the angriest was I couldn't just nudge my chart. Oh, just the arrow like, keys. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you just had move to, it over. You right. couldn't just move it over because right. it would start selecting within the chart. Yeah, within the chart, yeah. Right? So you had to select something else, right. pack it, move it, and then move that thing back or just right. have a fake box or whatever. That made me angry. Yeah, yeah. They just fixed they it. They fixed that. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> um, I like. So what's your favorite thing in 2016? So it's now. Morph. Mid-February. Morph so this new stuff. So Morph is your favorite. Morph is still my favorite. Yeah. And I don't get to use it often because some of my companies on 2016, everybody else is on 2010. Okay. So it'll default to a favorite. So can you, for folks who don't know, can you talk a little bit about Morph and, and what it does and 
yeah. how you use it, maybe? Yeah, morph, yeah. morph is where on one side you have an object in one spot, one dimension or shape um, and color or what have you. And you can, on the next side, move it, change it, change the color, change the shape a little bit with some of the shapes, um, and then apply a morph transition, and it animates it for you. It puts all those motion tweens in there that if you were a Flash person, you remember the days when that was, yeah. you know, okay, add motion tween. Right. And then um, it would just change the shape for you and yeah. the color and make it smooth. And well, beautiful. Keynote users have had this for a while, with Magic Move, right? Yeah. But now it's in Park One. So, and that's why I almost switched to Keynote as a... As for that, then, for that thing, yeah. right. But then, mm -hmm. then it just sort of stalled out, it seems yeah. like. So what do you use more for the most? I mean, I know you have this 2016, yeah. 2010 issue, but like when you're doing it on for people 2016, what do you use it for? Um, I use it constantly for things like big conferences mm -hmm. where they have ballroom loops or or things like that where they're just like this information about you know Wi-Fi connection and all this other stuff. So yeah. I, I use more heavily to do um, animations so that they look like they're really cool right. and, and not just some PowerPoint slide. You yeah, know? yeah. The, yeah. Um, it makes it not feel like PowerPoint. You're not using blinds all the time? I like the glitter one. <laughs> <laughs> now they have a glitter pen, right? We were just like glitter pen. I mean, who doesn't uh, want to have a glitter pen in PowerPoint? Do you know what I would love to happen in PowerPoint? Okay. I mean, many, many things. Right, right. Like, I'd like to ungroup my chart. Yes. Right? Be, I would like to be able to lock oh, an lock object, things lock things down. That would be lovely. Right? That would be, that would be, nice. that would be awesome. But with that pen tool, yeah. drawing, yeah. it's... Okay, that's nice and all, but what good's it going to do me if I can't replay how I draw it as an animation, right? That's oh, how I think right, of it. I'm like, right. I draw this. I want it to come in and look like I'm drawing it like I'm drawing it live. Yeah. Right. Seems like that would be an easy thing to think. do. I mean, I'm, I'm not, not, a developer. not of a developer, right? No. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the other thing you were talking about uh, this afternoon was the notes feature in mm -hmm. PowerPoint, which I, I kind of feel like is underutilized. It is. Um, and you know why I think it's underutilized a lot? Is because they have a notes page, but they all they have the handouts page. Right, 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 right. right people right. think handouts, they think the handouts they think, page, yeah. which is useless and they never use. Right, because it's I, just a slide in the, in the lines. Yeah, in the right. lines, right? right? And I've tried to like fix that master, and that's just, it, it didn't Yeah, you can't do so much well, with it. Right. And I hate it, so I never use that. But the notes page is so versatile. Yeah. Um, you can bring your brand colors. You can format that color palette in there so it has all the custom colors in there. What I'm trying to push as a big movement is you can have a three-in-one deck. Like, the biggest problem we always had was, okay, we have these on-screen sides, but we need a handout to go with it. Yep. What? So I've got to live in two separate documents, of a PowerPoint and an InDesign. Then we right. can't update the InDesign. Then you have to cross-update, and there's so much opportunity for mistakes. Yeah. Um, but what you can do is that that little note speaker notes area that's under your slide, you, you put your speaker notes right in there. And then you go over to the notes slide and all anything you type there is automatically populated on your notes page underneath that image of the right. of the slide. But what you can do, and especially if you still want to have speaker prompts separate from your handout notes, right? Mm-hmm. You can take that auto-populated box and mm -hmm. kind of move it off to the pasteboard. Wow. Right? So, and just oh. leave that there and put yeah. a big fancy pink warning that says, do not erase this. Right. You know, you're going to screw everything up because then it'll try and force it back in. Yeah. So you move that off to the side and then all that area underneath your slide on the notes page is fair game. That can be your handout. So you have a chart and a thousand explanations yep. um, about the data on the slide. Take all of that explanation stuff off and go over to your notes page and format it all nice and pretty right underneath the big hit the picture chart. Of the, right. 
And then when you're speaking, you don't have that jumbled mess. Right. You can still see your speaker prompts. Yeah. And then when you print your notes page, it's the handout with right. all the really nice. detail. Yeah, I don't get the sense people recognize that you can format the notes page. Yeah. Right. Like you can a Word document or right. I guess a PowerPoint slide, but it can be formatted. Mm-hmm. But then it also shows up as the regular notes pane. Yeah. Um, which is kind of awesome because then you do get the two in one. Mm-hmm. Like what happens when you add objects to that? So are you adding logos and colors? So so I that can one. Yeah, whatever you want. I've added I've added chart. I've put additional charts underneath supporting data. And does that then data? get does that because I, I I don't do this that often either actually. Mm-hmm. So if you add an additional chart or logo, let's say to the notes page, mm-hmm. when you flip back to your presenter view and you're giving the talk, you won't see that. You won't, the added objects aren't there. It's right. just the text. Whatever just the, the text. text, right? Unless you've moved that text off to the pasteboard. Right, right, right. Yeah. If you've moved that off, so you really could, you really can have three and one. Document. Three and one. So then, if you have the slide deck and you want to then print it out as handouts, mm-hmm. you would go back into the notes view and swap mm-hmm. those things out. Yeah. You could. Yeah. 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 It's pretty good. What's like the number one thing you want people to do when they are designing their slides? I want them to rethink what they're saying because you think you need to say everything. Yeah. You think you need to to put all of the detail in because you know, someone might have a question. You need it there. Yeah. But you don't need it on the slide. You really don't. And especially, I mean, it goes to being afraid because you maybe know, don't know the content as much as you think you do. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So people put it on there as a safety net. They know the content, but they don't know how to talk about the right. content, right? Which is like two different things yeah. that people don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. So they really hone in on what the key takeaway. Basically, figure out every slide Ask yourself, why does the audience care? What's in it for them? Yeah. Why? Right. Right? Very right. Get the cynic and put yourself in their shoes, answer their question, and that's what should be on the slide. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that makes it a lot easier to design because you have one thing to design to. You have an opportunity to maybe animate the data in a way that focuses in on things. You have an opportunity to bring in an impactful image that'll evoke an emotional response with mm-hmm. a minimal amount of text. You know, you have so much more, so many more options if you really put the time in to figure out what that key takeaway is. Yeah. That's, that's a good number one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for coming down yeah. to Urban. It was fun. fun. I haven't been to DC in forever. And, and you got to enjoy a whole mostly sunny, warm day it's in the middle of February. It's degrees out and it's middle of February. Middle of February. So I didn't wear great. a coat. <laughs> <laughs> Which is dangerous on the Metro because you never know, know. what's going to happen here. <laughs> Well, um, thanks for coming down. I appreciate it. Thanks, John. Um, thanks, everyone, for tuning into this week's episode. If you have comments, questions, suggestions, slide remakes, or slide questions, email me, email Steffi. Let us know what you need. Um, so until next time, this has been the Policy Viz Podcast. Thanks so much for listening.